This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Becky All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And Aaron, I don't know if you feel the same way about this, but... Ever since I became a serious better, I found myself spending a lot less time worrying about fantasy football. Maybe not so much like DFS, like, you know, DFS, I still, you know, care a lot about and still follow a good bit. But as far as like your basic run of the mill fantasy football league, I've paid a lot less attention to it. And I think that's just in large part because of bandwidth and also the fact that in fantasy football, you have to think about things a little bit differently, uh, you know, putting together your draft, all that stuff, your, your boards, all of it. Like it's a really different process and you can only do so much, especially when you're focused on betting a lot. I'm so glad you brought that up because we'll be heading into my third NFL season on the show. And I haven't been in a fantasy football league since I joined the show. It's just, I guess if we had a fantasy football segment, maybe, but I'm just so much more into sports betting that I don't have time to do fantasy football. Like I would rather be betting on my phone. Uh, The other thing is like when it comes to research, I will look at fantasy football research for player props though and see how I can find an edge there. Other than that, I'm not doing fantasy football leagues anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like I did one uh, when I was at the NFL because I I couldn't bet uh, when I was employed by the league. So we had a fantasy football league and it was fascinating that I was around a bunch of people who had been playing consecutively for what seemed like a couple of decades. And I had just (laughs) jumped back into the fray uh, after taking a few years off. And I could tell I was just insanely rusty. There's just a certain methodology to fantasy football that you need to master with reps and practice. And I just hadn't had it in a while. And so like down the stretch, like the latter weeks, as far as going to the waiver wire and things like that, I I was completely lost. And, you know, I probably needed to pitch some kind of a trade because I had some key injuries at key positions. But I I was just lost because, you know, I had done it in a while. Yeah, gambling greater than fantasy football for me. <laughs> isn't isn't fantasy, though, like kind of baked into, like we talk about player props and even like game analysis is kind of like you point out a specific player, like focus on that. Like it's kind of baked in when you talk about gambling, you know, sport like football especially they, and fantasy. Like they complement each other, you mean? Yeah, in a way like fantasy is kind of an offshoot almost. Mm-hmm. It, it can be. I, I think when you're talking about player props, I think, you know, c- certain methodologies like matter a good bit. So like if you're looking at pace of play, for instance, and you're trying to find a, a hot shot receiver, then definitely one who's going to get, say, like a large air yard share or play in an up-tempo offense where more passes are going to be thrown or say an offense that may be trailing late uh, in games where they have to pass a lot to keep up. 
then definitely those ideas are really important. And so there can be some complementary features, but there are also some parts to fantasy football that are completely different, completely foreign uh, to the betting space. But what I want to talk about are those complements, because there is a methodology out there that may very well help us identify who the best and worst offenses belong to in the NFL. So J.J. Zacharyson, one of the great fantasy football minds in the world, had a podcast this week where he talked about how to identify which offenses will produce the most passing touchdowns. And I think we can all agree that the best offenses will have the most passing touchdowns. That correlation is enormous. And so his approach is to use average draft position to determine which offenses will score the most. Of course, average draft position, basically you look at a board and you look at a list of players, and this is basically where, uh, say, the aggregate wisdom of the crowd suggests where these players will be drafted in your standard fantasy football league. And offenses that score the most passing touchdowns will have more guys in the top 70 of total wide receivers and tight ends. In other words, pass catchers. So if you look at, say, the top 70 pass catchers in average draft position, teams that have more guys within that range are likelier to have better offenses. Now, part of that may be, well, duh, but it's also a necessary requirement. You can't just have a bunch of no-name pass catchers and expect to have a competent offense. No, you need to have some hot shot wide receivers and tight ends to be effective. And fantasy football can help us identify who those pass catchers are and which offenses can be the most effective. So what I did was I used fantasy pros because it's a consensus of different ADP sources. And what I found was there's only one offense in the NFL so far right now that has four pass catchers in the top 70 in average draft position. And I was slightly surprised to see this name pop up because it's not an offense that we're talking about very much as being one of the more dangerous offenses in the NFL. And Aaron, believe it or not, the only team in the NFL with four pass catchers in the top 70 and ADP, it's the Baltimore Ravens. And you think, well, this, this is crazy because like, who are these guys? Well, you've got Mark Andrews, the tight end, Obviously, like he's a name. He's been really, really effective in his pro career. But you also have Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, and Zay Flowers. And these three receivers could make this Ravens offense really, really dangerous. And obviously, all of this is going to depend upon Lamar Jackson's health. But if he is healthy this upcoming football season, then maybe we need to take the Ravens way more seriously than we have. Wow. I'm glad you brought that up because looking at season-long player totals in terms of passing, I was debating what to do with Lamar. I mean, he is the question mark. Is he going to play, you know, this full season? Because he's telling everyone, like, he's going to be passing the ball. And obviously, you know, they're going to be making some changes offensively. They have Odell now. You see him making the one-handed grab the other day. So I think it's intriguing. Got me excited. And I have to say, I am surprised by this, Ed. Wow. 
Yeah, I was surprised too. But when you kind of break it down a little bit further, you go, well, the Ravens, a a more than competently run franchise, they've been trying and trying and trying to have a strong wide receiver core, and maybe it's finally Mm going to work out for them. And if it does, and let's say that the Ravens have more passing touchdowns, not to mention you have a healthy Lamar Jackson, you've got a mobile Lamar Jackson, and you already have a pretty solid backfield to begin with, then suddenly the Ravens have one of the, the top offenses in the NFL. We would look at them really, really differently as far as handicapping their chances to win a really tough NFC North and maybe make a deep run in the playoffs. Yeah, what are, are you thinking also futures like uh, AFC or division over on their win total? I wasn't uh, prepared to have their uh, futures up, so I'm. <laughs> no, it, but but I think in general it, it's it's something to think about. That okay, if you're thinking about their win total, or you're thinking about their chances, uh, you know, to win a division, the the conference, whatever it is, you know, if if this approach is sound, that you need to have some great pass catchers to have a more than competent offense then suddenly the Ravens are the cream of the crop as far as that's concerned. Uh, you've got a lot of teams with three pass catchers in the top 70, and a lot of them really shouldn't be surprising. Uh, Buffalo, the Chargers, the Eagles, a couple that were were maybe the Steelers. Uh, they have three mm-hmm. pass catchers in the top 70 as far as this approach is concerned. The Browns, the Broncos, a little bit surprised by that. So there may be like a couple of teams that don't quite fit uh, this overall approach, but a lot of them do. And Baltimore, especially because they're on one extreme, that to me is the, is the, the, the big takeaway for me is that you've got a log jam near the top of the leaderboard, but one team really is standing out. It's interesting. Also the Ravens fourth favorite to win the AFC 10 mm-hmm. to one at bad MGM. Hmm. Not a ton of value there. Not a ton, but it's better value than what you're getting from, say, the Chiefs and some of the other real contenders coming out of the AFC. And it it does feel like that every year the Ravens are are hovering around that spot because of the health of Lamar Jackson and, you know, the wide receiver position. Like, it has been a big question. I, I mean, Hollywood Brown did not work out there uh, when he was highly touted and, you look at that and go, well, maybe there's just something where the passing attack just isn't going to be there. But when you've got all those playmakers, then maybe things could be significantly different. Also want to look at the other end of the spectrum because this is also really important. Uh, sometimes, as Zacharyson pointed out, you could have years where an NFL team won't have any top 70 pass catchers in ADP. This year, every team has at least one, but there are several teams with just one. And maybe these are perhaps offenses that we should be fading and overall teams that should be fading as far as futures are concerned. Again, some of these aren't surprising, but the last two I'll rattle off, I think, are worth a conversation. Uh, As far as teams with just one uh, pass catcher in the top 70 in ADP, Arizona, not a surprise there. Uh, You know, they're largely incompetent. Uh, Carolina, (laughs) you've got a rookie quarterback, so you don't know what to expect from them. Green Bay has just one. Jordan Love is an unknown uh, commodity here. Houston has just one. 
Indianapolis has just one, two more rookie quarterbacks where you're not sure what to expect out of them. But the last two are intriguing to me. The Patriots and the Giants. The Patriots are getting a lot of love as, as possibly being an over-win total bet. A lot of people are banging the drum that the Patriots will be better than, say, what the win total is suggesting. But you do need to have a good offense. And the Patriots, you know, we, we, we love to back them because of the defense. But there is variance in backing a defense from one year to the next compared with, say, offense. And even though I, I probably still am in the camp that the Patriots can be a, you know, a formidable team, still, though, you need competent pass catchers. And this, to me, could be a reason to fade them. Yeah, and I'm, uh, I'm glad to see the Giants made the list. The Giants are a team mm-hmm. where I'm just not sure what to make of them this year. Are they going to regress? Or are they going to be that sneaky good team? I, I don't know. So the fact that you brought them up, Kind of makes me think, when in doubt, lean, fade, <laughs> Giants, right? Yeah, this this to me was uh, the greatest confirmation bias of all in this exercise was, I, I think all of us were fading the Giants, thinking, okay, last year was a, a, a bit of an outlier and that Daniel right. Jones and company would come back down to reality. And this to me is a really good example of this. Now, Mm-hmm. One argument against this approach is to say, okay, well, if you have a mobile quarterback, then you're likelier to score your touchdowns on the ground compared with through the air. Well, mm-hmm. my counter to that is, yes, rushing touchdowns matter, but oftentimes you're getting those rushing touchdowns because either you have a lead or, say, you have a first and goal at the one, something like that. There aren't as many situations where rushing touchdowns are more reliable compared with, say, passing scores, where you really need to have those to be a fully dynamic offense in today's NFL. And if the Giants don't have this, then they're really going to struggle in a division with the Eagles and the Cowboys, Aaron. Yeah, this is very interesting. I love it. So the Cardinals, the Packers, the Patriots, the Giants, you said? Mm-hmm. It makes sense. I mean, I think uh, Joe O is a little bit higher on the Packers. That's just another question mark. A lot of these teams with quarterbacks where you don't know what you're going to get are just question marks, right? So Jordan Love, nobody really knows for sure. Did Where did the commanders fall on this? Because you've got Jahan Dotson. You've got Terry McLaurin. Mm-hmm. Curious and those are the two. where they fell. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. They have two. and. <laughs> And look, I mean, as far as the other teams with two, you've got Tennessee, Tampa Bay, the Jets, the Saints. You know, somehow the Chiefs only have two, but it it sort of makes sense. Uh, You know, things kind of start with Travis Kelsey, and then you have a bunch of guys uh, who, you know, they can be key contributors, but uh, they're more about distributing the wealth. And look, Pat Mahomes is the ultimate you know, game changer. Right. And so I'm not too Mm -hmm. worried about the chiefs offense. You can sort of look at them as an outlier, but if you look at this overall approach and say, Hey, this is sound logic, then yeah. Some of these teams with uh, only two, uh, I don't know if I would fade them right away, but definitely I would take them with a grain of salt. Cowboys also have just two uh, Rams Raiders. Dolphins Dolphins have just two, but, but those two are really, really, really good. Really good. That may be more than enough for them. Agreed. So, I love yeah. it. Thank you for that. Sure. 
This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we continue our conversation about the 4th of July. And also we check in on Jake, who's had a really, really rough morning. We make him feel better right here on the BetQL Network.